Welcome to a new episode of It Be Your Own People, a new podcast about what's going on in pop culture and being a POC in today's social environment. Because sometimes it be your own people. Maybe it's your brother, sister, or friend. Karen at the job or Karen next door. A leader of the movement you thought you could trust. Most of the time, it's somebody you already know. Beware the wolves, y'all. And now more than ever, people are showing you who they really are. And you need to know who you can trust. And welcome back, everybody, for yet another episode of It Be Your Own People. We're going to get it started off right away. I'm still holding on strong to a dry month because I'm trying to get my macros all the way together. So I am sipping on some good hot coffee. Tree, what you got for us? I have a wonderful, nice Merlot because I love my liquor. Okay. So while I'm sipping on that, I just want to say... Happy Black History Month to everybody out there. Woo! All the snaps on that. Snaps and claps for all the POCs. Yes. And speaking of celebrating Black History Month, because we celebrate everything Black all the time on this show, we picked up some really great items from one of our sponsors, EM2 Clothing, that celebrates a lot of black and brown people during this very important month. And I don't know about you, Tree, but I've been out here looking super cute. Absolutely. With these tees and these sweaters. Ooh, I love it. Thank you, EMT Clothing. And now guess what, y'all? Ooh, yeah. Let's get ready to discuss some messy, mess, mess, mess. So, Sally, what would you do if you had a cancer-stricken mother and she put up an ad on a billboard to date you? And now you have a lot of suitors. It's like, oh, thank you, mom. But I mean, is she OK? Like, what's going on? Um, Based on how my dating trajectory has gone, I would be like, you know what? Thanks for doing me this solid and trying to take care of me even during this terrible time for us. The thing that I like about this is that, you know, mama is always looking out for you. Thank you, mom. Right. But at the same time, you can now choose. So you can look at all the suitors and you say, nope, um, you look like a red flag. Um, baby, you are a red flag. And then you can choose on who you want to go out with. So I'm like, OK, mom's always looking out. I love it. This is also facts. But, you know, we also need to be careful about who are the type of people that would respond to a billboard for dating. That is true. You're right about that because it could be a lot of, you know, crazies out there. But we're going to move on. What do you think about when people say, I'm sorry you feel that way? Do you think it's an apology? Absolutely fucking not. No, no. An apology is I'm sorry for what I did to you that caused your feelings. I'm sorry you feel that way is you not taking accountability or responsibility for being a shit ass person for me. I would rather you tell me I'm not going to apologize because I don't think I did anything wrong rather than for you to invalidate my feelings with I'm sorry you feel that way. See, I'm on the flip side of it. I think it depends because if you want to hear an apology and I know for sure, for damn sure that I didn't do anything that you're not going to get an apology. So I can say sorry that you feel that way, but I'm not apologizing because I know I did nothing wrong. But if I'm going to give an actual apology, then I will wholeheartedly say, oh, oh, sorry. Oh, my apologies. I'm the first one to say that. But don't try to make me feel some type of way because you feel some way when I ain't do nothing. No, no. 
Yeah, like if you're going to apologize, I'm of the belief that it needs to be genuine or you need not say it at all. Okay, so how about this? Taking on an even messier turn here. Let's say, you know, you're with your boo and y'all want to play a really fun-filled game of Never Have I Ever, which, ladies and gentlemen, is never a good idea to play with a significant other. I'm just putting that up there. Your significant other, your boo thing, admits to once hooking up with a daughter and a mama. What? How you feeling about that? I think it's hella messy if you mess with a parent and their child and you're trying to talk to me. I'm like, listen, everybody has their past. Everybody can, you know, you was buck wild 10, five, two years ago. But what you're not about to do with me is any of that mess. That's a no. This reads to me, how petty are you? Because if it were me, like if I'm hooking up with somebody and then I hook up with their daddy is because I'm trying to get back at you for some bullshit that you done did to me, because that's the type of shit that I would do. My significant other tells me that he's hooking up with somebody and their mama. I'm just going to be like, was it really that difficult for you? Were you that hard up? Are you that horny that you're going to stick it everywhere? See, but my thing is, some of these daddies out there, they're zaddies. They're looking good. So, you know, whether you're young or old, you could have had your child at 20. You could have had your child at 30, 40, whatever. If you're looking good and you get it, hey, watch out, daddies and sons. This is true. There's some zaddies out there that I'm <laughs> you just got to be like, oh, agent got nothing on you. Now, what about uh, would you go on a trip if you knew you were a pity invite? It depends on the trip. Like if we yacht in, if we go to San Tropez, if we go into all these expensive, luxurious things. Yeah. Pity me, bitch. Pity me. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not about to do that. I would much rather go on a trip by my damn self because I want to have a good time than be somebody's pity invite. I'm not a pity anything. So for me, I'm going to be like, mm, I'm good. I have plans. And if plans is me at home relaxing and chillaxing, then that's more important than some pity ass invite. Listen, the way I see it is I can travel there. I can stay in the fancy ass hotel, but I don't really need to interact with you. So if you putting up for the five-star luxurious experience, then by all means, please allow me. Okay, well, you have fun with that girl. Let's jump into what the fuck news. So we got some questions, y'all. Where are the investigations for Lauren Smithfield's murder? Lauren Smithfields was found dead in her apartment in December right after a date with a man she met on Bumble. Yup, one of those dating apps. Mm. It took Connecticut police more than a month after the incident to open up an investigation. Like, that's really problematic. Not only has the police department been slacking on the investigation, but they did not even properly notify the family either. Oh, hell no. That's insane. This situation is all types of wrong. So the way that this poor girl's mother found out about what happened to her daughter is she had been texting the daughter, didn't receive any notification from her for over a day. Lauren Smithfield's mother and the brother went down to the apartment. They get to the apartment and there's a note taped to the door that said, oh, for information on Lauren, call this number. And it was the landlord. And the landlord was the one who told her this is what happened. They found her and they took her away. 
the police have just been completely shitting the bed on this. It's gotten so bad that the mother, when she was calling the police department for information on what happened to the daughter, you know what the police said to her? What'd they say? They said, stop calling me. What? No. Yep, they sure did. They were like super fucking annoyed with the mom because the mom is calling. No one is giving her any information. I've been keeping up with this case. Apparently, the two officers or the two detectives that were originally assigned to this case have been suspended. But my thing is just like too little, too fucking late. And where is the investigation on this Bumble Man date that she had? It's been my experience that the last person to see you alive is the first person that gets investigated. So what's up with that? Yeah, but we also know from SVU that it may not be the first person you expect, but that's not the point. They should still be questioning him, which I'm sure they are. But my biggest question is, did they not have a contact for Lauren Fields' parents? Like if they couldn't contact her parents to let her know that she was dead, I mean, you have to find a way. Is that the reason why they left a note on the door? I'm just very confused because it, I mean, it could have just been like they did not know who to contact, but it's still not the right way to go about it. A note on the door? Exactly. And they didn't even and the note wasn't even left by the police. It was left by the landlord. So they didn't even make an effort to contact any next of kin. What this shows to me is that they're not doing their investigative job like you're a detective. That is your job description investigate do the legwork and when i call you to ask you about what the fuck happened to my daughter don't you dare fucking tell me stop calling me to tell you how to do your job so what we know now is that her death has been ruled an accident Mm -hmm. by the chief medical examiner but obviously we're going to be keeping up with this case for less crazy news but still what the fuck a new yorkers and receptionist made get this over 1.3 million dollars in three months for making and selling fake vaccination cards i kid you not dang they're making more money off of the fake vaccine cards and the corner boys is making off of that crack for real because i was like wait a minute I, why did not get on this <laughs> i need some extra um, give me a couple m's or two Yes, so Brooke Hogan, Julie DeVuono, and Marissa Urajo from Wild Child Pediatric Healthcare in Amityville were arrested for allegedly selling forged vaccine cards. I mean, at this point, it's not alleged. And they were charging $220 for adults and $85 for children. They are also accused of writing fake cards for undercover detectives who did not receive a COVID-19 vaccine. Like this was a whole scam because that's not even that much per adult and per child. So for you to have racked up 1.3 million, I just want to know where are these people with the fake vaccine cards and how are we going to know who's real and who's not? So there are so many different points that I feel we need to unpack. First of all, Brooke Hogan. Mm -hmm. Girl, what happened? That reality show wasn't working out for you. Not Brooke Hogan, Hulk Hogan's daughter. Please tell me it's not the same person. We know that it's not, but it's it's not. But we like the kids. Second of all, this was called Wild Child Pediatric. Mm. We already see red flags everywhere. The names untold at all. Exactly. And somebody wilding up in the children's pediatric facility. And then finally, the irony of y'all spending $220 for adults and $85 to fake a free vaccine. Where are we? Like, this is the Twilight Zone. This is the Twilight Zone. 
It sure is. But guess what? They found in Julie Durano's home documented profits from the scheme that totaled more than $1.5 million. And investigators also found $900,000 in cash. That's a lot of damn money. Also, y'all clearly don't know how to do crimes and frauds. Why are you keeping receipts of your fraudulent activity? Why? It just doesn't make any sense. Speaking of things that just don't make any sense, Tisha Campbell would like to put out a PSA and let everybody know to be careful for this human trafficking shit out here because it's really real. While she was filming her newest project in Texas near the South Padre Island, Campbell shared this terrifying story on Instagram in which she almost became a victim of human trafficking. So she took to her Instagram to share the details of the incident. She clarified that in the video, honey, this trafficking shit is real, but they got me fucked up because I ain't Gina, bitch. And my questions are, I just, you, you never know what to look for. You can make sure to keep your ass on check, but tell us what happened, Sally. So in the video, she goes on to say how someone was supposed to coordinate transportation for her from the hotel to the the recording studio set. But there was some kind of miscommunication when she gets into the car. She's getting a really weird vibe from the driver that there was a number she was supposed to call. But when she talked to the concierge at the lobby, the numbers weren't adding up and it wasn't really like. They just were confused as to why a phone number would be needed to begin with. And that's when she started clicking and putting two and two together and was able to remove herself from that situation. So this just goes to show, like, it doesn't matter who you are. People will try to kidnap your ass for that little bit of change. Yeah. So I'm glad that she was able to get away because this whole story sounds crazy. AF, we glad you saved Gina or Tisha. Whichever one you want to go by. And now we're going to move into some more disturbing because we are always happy to celebrate Black History Month, but people got us fucked up. So apparently, historically black colleges and universities, HBCUs, have received bomb threats on the first day of Black History Month. What is wrong with people? They, they hate us because they ain't us. They can't watch us be great. That's the problem. Ooh, you got that right. At least 14 institutions have been reporting threats about people calling to the school, sending emails. There was one point where I know Howard ended up having to shut down for the whole day while they investigated. Homeland Security has been involved. The Secretary of the Education Department for the U.S. has been involved. And my shit is just like, we know this ain't new. It's Black History Month. We got all of these new governments and shit up in arms. We're trying to ban critical race theory. I'm honestly shocked that more of these haters haven't tried to ban Black History Month in its totality because of the issue with critical race theory. But you know what? You can't hold us down. We've been in this shit for forever, and we're going to keep being in this shit. All of that. And now let's switch gears to some regular regular news. So in some regular, regular, less crazy news, people are still out here doing things that just don't make sense. And the great American pastime of suing for every time your feelings get hurt seems to be running rampant. Recently, two Anna de Armas fans sued Universal Studios for $5 million after they watched a movie where de Armas was in the trailer but she was cut from the actual movie. But here's the kicker tree. What is the kicker, girl? They're suing for $5 million, but they only paid $3.99 for the rental. 
See, this is the thing that pissed me off. So Anna de Armas, I mean, I don't, I'm not that familiar with her, but I have seen her in a few, you know, movies and projects. So my thing is, if you are a huge fan and you are watching a movie for a specific actor or actress, I get it. You want to see them in it. Because for me, I'm like, oh, you know what? This looks like a trash movie, but I love this actor. I'm going to watch it, right? So I get that they feel bamboozled. But you paid $3.99 to rent the movie. Why are you and another person, basically that's totaling less than $10, suing for $5 million? Like, that is really doing the most. They're claiming that the way that they came up with this $5 million is because they're trying to do it as a class action. And they're representing the class of all the people who suffered for not having Anna de Armas on this particular production. I don't see it. I don't get it. Honestly, if I were to pick that girl out of a lineup, I wouldn't even be able to tell who she was. It's not like Universal promoted, let's say, the next Black Panther movie. Let's assume, you know, assuming that Chadwick was still alive and we're getting ready to see Chadwick as Black Panther. And then we get there and it's I don't know. So Anna de Armas was supposed to be one of the love interests of the main guy in this movie where the world forgot about the Beatles. And this man decides to make music because he's the only one who remembers the Beatles music. The, the whole plot of the movie, the whole movie looks ridiculous. But the fact of the matter is she wasn't even a main character in the movie. She was a small portion of the movie. So the fact that you spent a measly $4 is not going to make you lose any, any sleep at all. And the fact that you claim to be suing on behalf of a ton of other people, that's some extra bullshit. And speaking of extra bullshit, you know who, you know, rich people love doing extra shit that doesn't make any sense. They sure do. And the latest trend is smoking up that toe venom. What? Yes, that's what I said. You heard me correct. There's this whole new trend of smoking the venom off of some toads where you get hopped up on smoking this shit and then you die. But the high because the high is so real. And when you come down from the high, you feel reborn. So apparently you have celebrities like Mike Tyson, Chelsea Handler, Hunter Biden, and Christina Hack that are preaching about these mind-expanding effects. Apparently they say that the hallucinogenic toe venom is just, ooh, it's such a thrill seeker that you need to try it. I don't understand why people who have money do shit like this. Why? Where are you getting it from? Why? It's just... They just love burning the hundred dollars at this point. Just wipe your ass with the hundred dollar bills instead of spending it on this toad venom and on some more shit that don't make any sense. You have Sarah Palin out here who knows she has the covid, but she chooses to still be out and about eating at a restaurant, not giving a damn about other people because she is an idiot. Girl, she was up and down gallivanting on the Upper East Side, going to all of these restaurants. She was spotted unmasked inside one of the restaurants while she was not sitting down. Uh, According to some medical records that have been obtained by several blogs, she did indeed test positive. And just a few days after testing positive, she's just out and about giving everybody the vid. See, my thing is, it is your choice to get vaccinated or not. But if you know you have COVID, why are you out and about all willy-nilly trying to get other people sick? Why not stay home and wait till you get your ass get better? If you get better. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like, I'm not going to be the person to sit here and tell someone 
what to inject into their bodies but at the same time be a responsible fucking human that's it like it, it doesn't require that much effort for you to think about others there you go and now let's talk about some shit that is way beyond our years or apparently the future is here now because the jetsons have arrived yes girl the jetsons been here in a major development a car that can transform into a small aircraft has cleared the flight test in slovakia It's been awarded an official certificate of airworthiness by the Slovak Transport Authority after completing 70 hours of rigorous flight testing. George and Judy really set the stage for all of this shit. Because you remember watching that cartoon, how when I would see them talking to each other on video, I was like, oh, man, that's like 100 years from now. And it really wasn't. Yes, they definitely did. The Jetsons was that cartoon that foresaw the entire future. So I'm not surprised at this, but not for nothing. I will not be going to Slovakia and I will not be riding none of them cars because I'm not going to be anybody's crash test dummy. Nope. And there are certain cities and areas where we can agree flying cars do not need to be anywhere in the vicinity. Like, can you imagine flying cars in New York City? Absolutely not, especially not in Brooklyn. No. Nope, definitely not in Brooklyn. You saw what they did with the um how crazy people got with those scooters, those uh those mopeds, the revel. And people were just going out and about zipping all willy-nilly. I cannot no, I don't even want to think about us with these flying contraptions all over the place. The buildings are so high. Mm-mm, no, it's not for me. Next. Pass and I don't want to think about it in the Bronx either, because I don't want to know <laughs> the lengths that people will go through. To steal your shit in the air. Like, how are people gonna go jack you for your fucking car <laughs> while it's up in the clouds or some shit? Like, damn. That's that's taking carjacking to the whole next dimension. Car, sky carjacking. I want to see it. It's gonna be funny as hell, but I can't imagine it. But I'm sure it will happen. Rounding out this regular degular news with a bit of like, you know, some hope for society and women supporting women. Gigi Hadid recently gave an interview with InStyle magazine as she returned to gracing the glossy covers. But she talks about the different reasons why she is willing to give up certain covers. Yeah, she said that there are magazines she would say no to because she'd rather another girl have an opportunity to get that cover. She says she doesn't need to do the same cover again if someone else's career could skyrocket because of it. And I want to say claps to that because so many people don't think this way. They constantly think, how can I further my career? What about me, me, me? But she's like, you know what? I've already done it. I want to think about the things I haven't done. Therefore, giving someone else a chance. Go ahead, Gigi Hadid. I love this. And we need more of this energy in all industries, not just the fashion industry. But good for you. You know what, Yolanda? She's doing it right over there. And now for this BAN of the week, guess what, y'all? We have two, a man and a woman, and they are both from Married at First Sight. So first, we're going to start with Alyssa from Married at First Sight in this current season. She is truly rude trash. I've never seen anything ruder. Sully, give us some rundown on her. So Alyssa from the jump has made it very clear to America, her spouse, the matchmakers, that this is not the man for her. But she has done it in the rudest, most disrespectful, gross, disgusting ways imaginable. She refused to spend the honeymoon or the first night with him. As far as I can tell, they're not even sleeping in the same room at the honeymoon, right? Yes. They 
interact very few times with each other and the few times that we see them together on camera it's like pulling teeth there is nothing that this man can say do or suggest where she actually is like willing to give it a chance and try yes but on top of that he wholeheartedly is so sweet he is so apologetic he He hasn't even done anything but he keeps apologizing to her to make her feel better but my issue is that Alyssa, you knew the show you signed up for. You signed up to meet a stranger and marry him. Like you literally are marrying him. And then afterwards you're meeting him and finding out about him. And she keeps saying that the experts made a mistake. And this is clearly we're not into each other. And I'm like, don't put your microaggressions onto him. He's a great man. The fact that you don't like him, that's up to you. You made this choice. Now you have to continue filming the show for the next two months, but you can at least do it gracefully. She's just making him look so much better because she's such an asshole. Yeah, she's super trash. And you know what? Our first red flag with her should have been when they went to go wedding dress shopping and she admitted that she had already purchased like seven other dresses on her own just in case she didn't like the choices that were at the store. And she constantly talks about all the things she doesn't like about him, like his teeth, his body. But I'm like, honey, you are not perfect. And you know what? Even if you were some sort of ideal of perfect, it still doesn't give you the right to tear him down. You're talking about his teeth. Honey, we know that you've gotten surgeries. We've seen the receipts on the social media. You've gotten Mm -hmm. work done on your face and you are still a nasty ass bitch. So you know what? You could have spent all of that work, all of that plastic surgery trying to improve your outside, but your insides are still rotten to the core. And now we're going to move on to Elijah Wan, a.k.a. Obi-Wan Kenobi. The social have so many different nicknames for this man because he is quote unquote a former playboy as the show likes to call it Red flag. As, we, as we like to call it he is a current former past present future fuck boy he is a whole ass walking red flag sir why does everything that come out of your mouth have to start with in my past or i used to be a womanizer or all the disrespectful things that you did to women if that is indeed in your past guess where it should stay in your past yes but he constantly talks about yeah you know i used to mess around i hope i didn't mess with any of my future wife's friends and i used to mess around with that person and this person and you know i played with who i wanted to i did not like the way he said that when he said that i was like ill you haven't changed because if that's what you used to do you would have said it a lot better but the kicker was when he said you know, he still wants three sons and the simple fact that he had had sex with a mom and her daughter before, not at the same time. He verified that it wasn't at the same time, but it doesn't make you any better. Like you are so hell bent wanting to let everybody know how much of a player you are, that you are really letting us know that you haven't changed at all. And you still that man, you still that B.A.N. And you know what the kicker was for me? Well, when they're having dinner and he's telling her how I deleted my Instagram for you. What? Yeah, like that is saying nothing. So I really have the highest of hopes for this season. But with these, because there are still people who give me hope, but it's not these couples. I would say that the people who are, they are coupled with, I want better for them. Like I already know I want Katina to have a better man. I already know Chris, who's with Alyssa. From jump, he deserves better. Like, she's talking about his looks, but it's like, honey, you wore cowboy boots to your wedding. So many people could talk about that shit, but you talk about him? You are dogging him like you are perfect, but guess what, girl? You the dirty dog. All of that. It's time for... We out here winning, baby. And we are winning, winning, winning! 
We again want to give a big shout out to Black History Month, y'all. Even though on the Be Your Own People, we celebrate everything Black 365 all year long, 366 on Leap Year. Absolutely. And moving right along, we're going to talk about our faves that we miss, Kobe and his daughter Gianna. They now have a statue near their crash site to remember them. And it also marks the two years after their death. I can't even believe it's been that long. This is a very sweet tribute. In the statue, we can see Kobe and Gianna wearing their basketball uniforms as Gianna is holding Kobe's hand. This was a one day memorial where they also had engraved the names of all of the other victims that died on that tragic day as well. And I think that the artist did a really beautiful job with this statue. Well, I love it. It's a bronze statue, and I'm glad that they incorporated the other fallen people as well. It's just such a nice way to keep their memory around. And the best part about this is that the sculptor, Dan Medina, he said that no one asked him to do the project. This is just something that he did all on his own because he feels that this is a very important tribute. And I love that. I absolutely love it. It's like when you are such a fan and you want to just pay respects, this is the best way to do it. And talking about getting your due diligence and getting your flowers while you are here, actually. Hey, let's talk about David Ortiz. He was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame. That's right. That's right. We got Black Dominican Pride up in the house today. Because just like that, Big Poppy arrives to the Hall of Fame. Out of the 30 candidates that were up for induction this year, he is the only one getting inducted for 2022, as he was the only candidate to reach the required 75% of votes from the Baseball Writers Association of America. Won't he do it? He will. And guess what? That's some Dominican pride, honey. Mm-hmm. And you know who he beat out, Tree? Who did he beat out? That bum, A-Rod? Mm-hmm. That bitch-ass A-Rod. That's what you get for cheating on J-Lo. Exactly. We will never let that down. And now we're going to move on to, you know, we're going into all the islands. We're talking about Dominican Republic. And now we're going to talk about Jamaica. So the Jamaican bobsled team makes it to the Winter Olympics. Yes. I am so excited for this because, you know, I love me that 1993 Disney film Cool Runnings, which is based off of the first time the country qualified back in 1988. This is the first time Jamaica will be in the Winter Olympics since 1998. And I'm just ready for all of this good time. And it's not just one team, girl. We got three different teams duking it out in Beijing. We got the men's four and the two-man teams and the women's monobob. So we got the men and the women representing for the island. I love it because Cool Runnings was the first time that I saw on huge screen a Jamaican film, a film about my people, the Caribbean people, where we doing things. But also the fact that Disney was behind it. I was like, okay, thank you, Disney, for recognizing us. But also, you know, we have our favorites like Leon. He was up in there giving his tie a Jamaican accent but it was it was such a good movie it, honestly it's a movie that you can watch any year love it I will be watching for the Jamaican team in the Olympics okay yep and only for that because I don't really care about any of these other winter sports our girl Oprah Oprah we are here you can still you know um adopt us but we're celebrating you because it's your birthday queen oh yes 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 she recently celebrated her 68th trip around the sun i didn't know she was 68 girl 
Yeah, I was about to say, how is she 68 out here looking 50? Is it that, um, you know, WW? I guess so, because she really doing her, her thing things out here. She's out here with her own network. She's given us the show. She has been blessing people for decades. She was a pioneer for black women in news. And she's just been elevated. She's the first black woman billionaire. Damn, I'm going to need all of that good, you know, power, that positivity, because Oprah is the ish. And you know what, whether she's doing some Weight Watchers, whether she's doing something with her own network, or whether she's just being that boss ass chick with her man by her side, actually behind her. Stepman, you better know your place. All I want to say is happy birthday to the queen. 68 is looking real good on you, honey. And speaking of things that look real good, we want to give a big shout out to the Functional Chocolate Company. Hey friend, looking for a way to satisfy that sweet tooth? Pick up a treat or two from the Functional Chocolate Company. These ethically sourced chocolates are botanically engineered to take on all of life's realities. Whatever life throws at you, the Functional Chocolate Company's got you. Vegetarian, vegan, gluten-free, cholesterol too high, no problem. Every chocolate is 100% plant-based, good for you, good for the planet, and 100% guilt-free. Visit funchill.co and use promo code IBYOP22 to get 20% off your first purchase. That's F-U-N-C-H-O dot C-O. Don't forget to tell them your girl Sully and Tree sent you. It's time for some good watches. Check this out. So we have a lot of good shows coming up, you know, the beginning of the year. They got to get you in now. I am really liking on Hulu, Single Drunk Female. Actually, they're on free form, but then it shows next day on Hulu. And it's about 20-somethings, Alcoholic Sam. She is a recovering alcoholic, and she's going through all the fields, all the ups and the downs to try and stay sober. And I think that this is a show that's really needed and necessary because we see all the good things that happen in life and all the negatives, but you don't see when someone is struggling in the in-between. And girl goes through it, okay? It's funny, too. You ain't never lied. What I like about this is that it really shows all of the different missteps and the real, real about trying to get your shit together, following an addiction, trying to follow through with sobriety. In the first episode, we see her really going to town on her boss. She walks in with that water bottle of vodka and I'm like, oh, okay, girl, you are a real hot ass messy mess. In trying to find her sobriety, she thinks that like, oh, you know, one drink here and there I can do that but it's not and then I also like the way that it shows the people around her and how the different relationships you form can really be a a make or break for trying to recover and stay on that road to sobriety. Oh, absolutely. Because some of your best friends are the people who go out and drink with you. So as she is on her road to being sober and she passes that one month slash two month mark, she gets to see that Oh, her best friend, you know what? She can't go out to the bar with her anymore and just drink salsa water. Like, it's just not conducive for her health. Her friend is still on her side, but she feels weird about telling her like, hey, I don't think I can be there with you in that way anymore. So it's about her trying to figure out basically her life because she's starting over. She's not at zero. She's at negative 25. And it's a long road, but it's funny as hell. So I'm like, okay, I like this. And, and you know what? At the end of the first episode, they let you know where you can find someone to help you 
if you are a recovering alcoholic or if you're trying to get there. Very good and very important. Moving on to another show that is up here getting people up in arms is Celebrity Big Brother's new season. Let's take a look at some of these contestants and what mess they're about to bring. Now, I'm going to bring up the first two that you know was put together on purpose. We have Lamar Odom and we have Shayna Mokler. Now, as we know, Shayna Mokler is the ex-wife of Travis Barker, who is now with Courtney Kardashian. And of course, we know Lamar is the ex-husband of Khloe Kardashian. So right away, we know some mess is going to go down about maybe love or maybe hate for the Kardashians. But we also have some housewives in the house like Cynthia Bailey and who else? I only know Cynthia. Who's the other housewife? Uh, you're right. Because Teddy Mellencamp from Beverly Hills is very boring. Oh, shit! <laughs> Shady lady. I honestly totally forgot about her. When I saw her name on the cast, I was like, but why? What is she offering? She's so boring as a housewife. What could she possibly offer on Big Brother? She's very, very boring. They also have Todd Bridges from Different Strokes. I mean, I guess. Like, he's been acting the past couple years, but what you bringing? All right. And we have the very talented Todrick Hall. I wanted to see some mess mess. Like, I wanted to see Todrick Hall and Carson Kressley get it. Like, you either better do a song and dance, or you better hate each other and stir up the mess in the mm-hmm. house. Like, that's what I want to see. Because you also have housewives in the building. So, like, I could see it being really good. I haven't watched it yet, but I gotta, I gotta catch him on this, girl. Chris Kirkpatrick is also gonna be up in there, former member of NSYNC. I'm kind of hoping that maybe he'll reveal some messy mess mess about the group that we don't know. We also have Chris Kattan. We have Mirai Nagusu, an Olympic medalist. And we also have Misha Tate, a former UFC champion. So what I'm getting is that we're going to get some boy band, some messy dancing, some housewives, BS, and some ex-reality stars. And if anybody gets too crazy, then the former UFC champion is going to slam them all down. And what you can definitely expect is Carson bringing all kinds of shade. Oh, absolutely. So it's going to be good. We got to check this out, girl. I'm on it because I've already seen some spoilers and some leaked interview footage. And it looks like they are really knowing what buttons to push. Talking about buttons to push, we have Grownish in its new and latest season. We are seeing Zoe and the gang back for their senior year. So I'm glad that it's a new season and they didn't say final season. So I'm hoping we get to see another, hopefully right? I'm hoping to. So I just started watching Gronish from season five. I hadn't watched any of the other seasons. All I'm saying is what is up with these way too grown ass kids doing things that they have no business doing for their age group? What you mean? The one kid, Vivek, with all the drug wheeling and dealing. You got Francesca, the Spanish girl. She's just all types of crazy. We're looking through her man's stuff. Zoe and her new boo, Aaron, who's apparently came off of a cheating scandal. They in Mexico. They getting married. They getting divorced. They getting locked up. She's still in pinatas. They having sex on the beach like her daddy ain't about to kill her. These are all very much things that people who are in college and people in their early 20s do let's not act like we don't know people selling drugs in the college campus or people who are doing drugs like you do that to party you do that to make money and then you also have people who go away on spring break and you get too drunk and shit happens absolutely if you have the chance 
and you see somebody's phone. Oh, girl, you go open up your man's phone just to see what's going on, especially when it's a new relationship. Some people, I'm not saying I have or I will. Well, I'm saying some people. So, I mean, these are all things that we would like to see, you know, as young college students getting down and dirty in. Yeah, I guess. I guess it's more like things that I miss out on because I lived at home with my parents who were constantly watching me. And then we're going to talk about The View. The View is welcoming back memorable hosts for their 25th season. I think that's kind of cute. I had no idea this show has been on for 25 seasons. How old are we? Yeah, I'm not gonna lie. I didn't know that either. I do think that they're trying to spice it up and they're trying to go there. They are trying to bring back all the memorable faces that we loved from the past. But also, you know, Whoopi, Whoopi went a little too far and she started talking about things she shouldn't have been saying because it's very sensitive. You know, once you go after Jewish people, it might get canceled, girl. So for Whoopi's remarks, she has been suspended for two weeks. Wow. She had to go there. She had to go there. No, you can't bring up the Holocaust. It's just not a good look. Leave it alone, woman. And you know better, Whoopi. I should have told you, you in danger, girl. I saw that and I saw the clips and I go, girl, why would you say that? Yes, like it doesn't even matter that if you felt that way, like you're taking away from the people who have had their experiences and their feelings. But like, just just leave it alone. It It has nothing to do with you. Drop it. Yeah, that's no better than the people who be out here denying the Holocaust or trying to minimize what people went through. Like, you really can't be doing that. Mm-mm. Or anything else that deals with any other race. But she went there, so she's suspended for two weeks. And now we're going to talk about what is going on on Lifetime. So, you know, Lifetime love putting out all this messy ass content. They got married at first sight. Right after Married at First Sight on Wednesdays, they have this new show called Adults Adopting Adults. Off top from the title, you already know this some fuck shit. It's a 10 part reality series about just that adults that adopt adults. So throughout the season, we will see six groups who are expanding their families by legally adopting other adults adults i don't get it i don't i you know what i'm on the flip side i do get it because oprah we here i'm an adult you can adopt me i'm all for this you know if oprah happens to see this then you don't want to take me under her wing so i could be the next you know generation of that billionaire that you're trying to build up you know oprah ain't got no kids she got god children and stuff so you can adopt me girl love my parents oh love them to death but i could take on more parents i ain't got no problem with that what about you you know what you are so right i take that back i do get it and i agree because one of the reasons why they talk about this whole adult adopting thing is that there are families out there who like you mentioned they have no heirs they need somewhere for the fortune to be able to pass on so they're willing to adopt someone of age to possibly inherit the throne and you know what who better to inherit that throne than us two beautiful queens right here yes so if you're listening please we are here and we love our parents we just want to put that out there um Love you, but we are here, Oprah. And we're going to move on to Peacock. They're bringing it. Because, you know, aside from the Housewives, they have, I think, another hit on their hands. Tell us about this reboot that I didn't think I wanted. But after I saw the trailer, I was like, you know what? I'm here for it. Fresh Prince is coming back with a even fresher modern day twist instead of this being the comedy that we also in love from the early 90s 
right now we're seeing this new one hour drama series that's still set in Bel Air and reimagines the beloved sitcom of the Fresh Prince of Bel Air through some new dramatic takes on Will's complicated journey from trying to leave the mean streets of West Philly and then coming up to Richie Rich Bel Air. Executive producers are Will Smith. So I'm very happy to say that he is involved with the show. And I love that because he's a part of the first one. But also he has Quincy Jones and Benny Medina, who also created the original Fresh Prince. So I'm happy that all of the original people are a part of this project. Because if it wasn't, then I might be mad. Mm-hmm. But what we do see is, we have dark skin and Viv, hey. And, well, not the original. We have a new person playing her. And we also have a dark skin Hillary. I'm like, okay. All right. Yep. And we also cannot deny because we wouldn't be us if we did not point out they are some fine ass men on this show. Even Jeffrey Fine. Jeffrey, I think he's Jamaican. He's not like got a Jamaican accent. I think right? so too. I'm pretty sure they made Jeffrey Jamaican. Because the trailer was really good. The trailer really looked like a dramatic af and i was very confused i was like who is this man in this accent i didn't know who that was and i was like oh okay so instead of jeffrey being like you know british he jamaican all right and boy i'm feeling that all the way so i'm like you know what even though i wanted to hate it because i am truly a believer of leave well enough unknown fresh prince was amazing leave it be but this reboot is looking good good so now i'm kind of on the side of reboots needing to happen when they're done in the right way when it's in the right way like there's so many different movies i'd be like and shows and i'm like bring it back bring back a part two or just bring a reboot like girlfriends what's up we need that and speaking of bringing it back or leaving it alone the kardashians are moving to hulu On New Year's Eve, Hulu dropped the first teaser trailer for the Kardashians' new show and revealed that it will be coming out sometime in 2022. Girl, they ain't moving. They already done moved. They there. I saw a clip where Kim was like, did you miss us? And apparently we're going to see a lot more with the younger Jenner, who's now pregnant with her second child. And they are all Kylie, right? They are all just basically continuing the keeping up with the Kardashians, but it's not exactly the same. So how is it different? So here, the family actually has the final say over the edit on this series, as opposed to when they were on E! and they had no control over what scenes made it, what scenes didn't, and how they were portrayed within the show. See, I think that is smart because they are who they are now. When mm-hmm. the Kardash- keeping up with the Kardashians on E first started, you know, 15, 16 years ago, however long it was on, they were kind of, I don't want to say nobodies, but it wasn't the huge success that it was. So obviously the network had the final say. Now that they are these big ass billionaire moguls, they most definitely like, okay, Hulu, you're going to give us this money, but we're going to do this, this and that. So basically we will never see any scenes where they are portrayed negatively or where their bodies aren't looking, you know, properly shaped. I can't say Photoshop because it's going to be like video. If they don't like the contoured if they don't like the lighting if they don't like the way the fingers and the nails is looking they're not looking they tan it's gonna be a cut scene i mean but where's the fun in that though i mean we're still gonna be watching because we want to know what's going on like first of all i 
I'm obsessed with the kids. I don't really care what's going on with them. Like, I want to see the kids. Like, the kids are the next generation of the Kardashians, even though they have their father's last names, you know? I guess. I mean, you know, I'm all here for the mess and the de-stress. So whatever messy shit they be talking about, I'm going to be watching. Exactly. And while we watch that, in between the commercials, we can have a good read. What about if Dominican were a color? That sounds real interesting. I'm really excited for this. My sister and my niece, who are both public school teachers, put me onto this read. It is a debut picture book by Celie Recio, where she tries to provide this important yet gentle reminder of all of the nation's hues are as wide as nature itself. And I think that this is a very important message for children, but also, you know, y'all Dominicans who be out there denying your blackness. This is very important. Um, I love the fact that she uses everything in nature, like coffee and the soil. And she talks about all of these different indigenous parts about the country that make up our own hues. I'm definitely going to be buying a copy for all of the nieces and nephews because everyone needs this message. Oh, I like that a lot. I'm a cop that. And while I'm also getting that book, I'm going to get another good read. It's called One of the Good Ones. It's co-written by sisters Mekia and Maritza Mulite. And it follows the mysterious death of teen social activist and history buff Kezi Smith after attending a social justice rally. Damn. Obviously very close to home with everything that we've been going through in society not just the last two years, the last 400 years, Kezi following his death becomes another immortalized victim in this fight against police brutality. But then his sister starts to question the way that he gets idealized in the media, like this perfect angelic figure. But then she's like, would this be how he would want himself represented? And it just looks on all of these different conversations that we have with ourselves on Who in society decides who is deemed worthy to be missed and who is not? I think that's so interesting, but I'm glad that this book is taking the approach of the person who has fallen as being perfect and angelic in the media. Because more than not, we see so many people who are portrayed in the opposite light. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, they had, you know, a misdemeanor or maybe they, they skip class or they're trying to portray them so negatively that we miss The important part and the important part is that they were killed or, you know, it just leads to these conversations on like, oh, that people aren't allowed to be flawed. And because they have flaws, they're not allowed to be missed. That is someone's family member. That's someone's friend. That's someone's coworker. Everyone is deserving or not even just missed that just because you have flaws doesn't mean that you were wrongfully killed. Mm -hmm. Like, don't step over the big fucking great. We have to look at what's actually happening. And so this looks like a really good read. I have to check it out. And I hope you all do too. Ooh, girls, my favorite part of the show. It's time for Sally to sound off. So we all know that Ted Cruz is a big ass bitch. And when he's in his feelings, guess what he did? He went to Biden wanting to appoint black woman to the Supreme Court. Come on now. He was so against it. Tell us your feelings, girl. Sound sound the F off. So it's really funny that, well, funny, not funny, that Ted Cruz is yet again getting raked through the coals on this show because it was not even a year ago when we were raking him through the coals for being a bitch to the entire state of Texas to which he is responsible to. But you know what, Ted Cruz, like, you just got to shut the fuck up most of the time. 
after Biden put out, he is willing and is very adamant in wanting to appoint the first ever black woman to the Supreme Court. Ted Cruz and all of his Republican bitch ass friends were calling this initiative as offensive. One of the statements that he put out there was the fact that he, as in Biden, is willing to make a promise at the outset that it must be a black woman. I got to say that's offensive. Black women are what? Six percent of the U.S. population. He's saying to 94 percent of Americans, I don't give a damn about you. You are ineligible. First of all, let's break down the math here. 94 percent of Americans are not even eligible to be appointed to the Supreme Court because 94 percent of Americans don't even hold law degrees. There is a whole host of things that you must qualify for in order to be eligible to hold the position in the highest court of the land. That's one. The United States also houses the largest female prisoner population ever. You want to sit there on your bitch ass and talk about how black women only make up 6% of the U.S. population, yet you are also not recognizing the fact that even though they are only 6% of the U.S. population, they are significantly overrepresented in the criminal justice system. Black women are more than twice as likely to be incarcerated compared to white women. Women of color who are victims of abuse are more likely to be treated as offenders rather than victims. Black women are also exponentially higher to be treated as offenders, as juveniles compared to their white and Latinx counterparts. So instead of you sitting there with your white ass tears crying about why a black woman, we need to be asking why the fuck not a black woman? Because we need representation. Representation matters today, tomorrow, and forever. And we need that within the highest court of our land. Ooh, child, it's time for the... The sad, blackity-black ass truth. So, in his truth, which I want to make very clear to say it is his truth, John Leguizamo says that he stayed out of the sun to stay light-skinned for his roles. Now, this is so ignorant, tired, and stupid, and I hate that he even brought this to light because we should be so far past this. If you are going to get a role, it should be for you. Shouldn't have to be for your damn skin color, and you are not helping people who are trying to be a successful actor like you. You've been in this business for too long, and to say that, it's disappointed as hell. Mm. It's disappointing, but I can definitely understand where he was coming from because this is the sad blackity black ass truth about all of the different ways that colorism is seeped into all of our industries. So he talked about the fact that he noticed that uh, stars of Latin descent with lighter complexions got more opportunities than those with darker skin tones. And so he intentionally avoided tanning or uh, for seemingly better chances at scoring the roles. Like, this is so sad. I would have appreciated it more if he had explained the ways in which he no longer needs to do this or trying to give out advice actors in the industry coming up and telling them, no, fuck that shit. Like if you got the talent, you got the talent. It shouldn't be about the hue of your skin, how dark or light your skin tone. Like I wish that he would have pushed that narrative more than dwelling so much on this part. 
Absolutely. And that's the reason why I'm disappointed. It's because you want to bring this to light. No pun intended, but pun intended. And then on the same side, you're not saying that now you don't give a fuck about that because your talent has kept you in the industry for so long. Instead, you just brought to the fact that, oh, you know what? I got these roles because, hey, I wanted to stay as light as possible. And I stayed out of the sun so that I can continue getting roles. But you're not helping anyone who's darker than you and looks up to you and probably came where you came from or the same nationality. That's not helping. Mm -hmm. And he's also taking away from his own fucking talent because it's like, bro, you are a phenomenal actor. Like people, you are a great comedian. You are a great actor. People come to see your work for your work. Like talk about that shit. Not about how, oh, I wouldn't have been here if it wasn't because my skin tone. Like that may have been what gotten you in the door in the beginning because that's the sad, unfortunate truth of the industry. But that's not what gave you your lasting power. And now we are about to get into this. Celeb News Reality Roundup. Oh, child, this celeb news reality roundup is starting off real good with some stellar news for some of our favorite people in the world. Riri confirms that a new project is underway. Is it her album? Girl, bye. We're never going to get that now because she just confirmed her pregnancy with that man, ASAP Rocky. I am so happy. So claps and claps up for our billionaire girl, Riri. So happy she's having a baby. Don't care for the baby daddy, but that's none of my business. But what I will say is that after she sent us pictures showing her and the baby daddy with that belly bump on display out here in these cold New York streets, a few days later, she then posted a closer photo of her belly saying how the gang pulled up for Black History Month. Yes. I love it. She got her billions and her baby. Love it all around. All I'm saying is ASAP, he better be doing all the right things and treating her right because if he don't, Everybody going to be pulling up on that ass. Oh, absolutely. Everybody and their mama, especially me, will be coming to be like, bitch, F you. But uh, we're going to move on. Tiffany Haddish, speaking of baby news, said that she would like to adopt a child by the end of the year. She's always been super candid about her desire to adopt over having children of her own, especially because she herself has gone through the foster care system and she's taking this shit really real. Like this isn't just some happenstance comment that she makes in interviews. Recently, she took a trip to visit her grandfather's village in Giza Karen in Eritrea. And she's really doing all of the things to make sure that this adoption goes right. Well, you know, I'm happy for her, especially since she came from that world. Like she was adopted. So she knows firsthand, which I think is so nice when people come from a place and they never forget about it. You know, they don't forget those roots. It's like Mm -hmm. if this person had done it for me, where would I be? So the fact that she has found her successes, especially in her very up and down, you know, road to success. She is continuing on. So I love that. And you know what? Now we're going to move on to somebody who just can't stop having babies, child. Nick Cannon. I thought he was celibate. Child, I think he done put this bun in the oven before he started his celibacy. Mm. He announced on his show uh, that he and model Brie Tiesi are expecting a baby boy together. And it was a gender reveal, too. So this bun has been in the oven for quite some time. Exactly. It's got to be a couple of months. And he's only been celibate for as far as we know for mm, two and a half, three months. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure he confirmed that the celibacy was over on January 1st. 
Okay, so he was only celibate for two months. And he said that around the time that he conceived all his children last year, he said he was a wild, wild man. The baby's going to be a boy. And this will be his eighth child. And as we know, he unfortunately lost his seventh child in early December due to brain cancer. So he actually apologized shortly after the news of his eighth child, saying that it was very soon after the death of his seventh child. I feel like that wasn't necessary. I feel like you should be happy to celebrate life. You celebrated your son who passed away's life and you shouldn't have to apologize to people who you don't know, people who don't matter about celebrating, you know, new life and birth that you are bringing into the world. That's just my take on it. What about you? I agree. I don't really feel like he needed to put out an apology, especially because in his announcement of the new baby, he was very respectful of his son's mother. He hasn't done anything out of pocket. He didn't do it in a way that was meant to overshadow, negate, or minimize the pain that he's still going through over the loss of his son. So the fact that people just want to be on him about, oh, you're announcing this birth after your son just died, like, okay, that's his life. He's not disrespecting the mother. He's not disrespecting the children or the memory of his child. So just shut the fuck up. Exactly. But what I will say is that the people who were disrespecting the mother are all the social media trolls. And they went on her page, you know, just like, how do you feel? You know, just asking her a bunch of questions. That's tacky. That's rude. See, that's what's fucked up. Exactly. And she said that she feels fine. She's happy. She's at peace. She's happy for Nick Cannon and his new a child on the way but I felt like that was wrong see this is when people are just doing the most and this is where social media just needs to have a backseat and everyone doesn't need a voice and that's that on that and speaking of everyone not needing a voice um I think April Jones's dating life might need to go on mute for just a little bit girl what she do now rumor has it that apparently April and Tay Diggs might be romantically linked with each other they might be out here knocking the boots girl I don't believe that. People said that they were spotted out to a holiday party together, dancing the night away. I also did see that they posted a video doing some kind of like, you know, them TikTok challenges where you like doing a a silly dance or whatever. I saw a video of them doing this. It looked like they were very cozy with one another in a very private looking apartment. So, mm. me thinks that Tay Diggs and April is getting it on. Well, you know what? It actually might be believable. At first I was like, uh, but then again, seeing Tay Diggs dating history, like he likes ambiguous looking women and Mm -hmm. April Jones is of that sort. So I feel like, okay, that might be in the realm. But speaking of, you know, dating and whatnot, something I forgot to mention before was the Tommy Lee and Pam Anderson the Hulu series about their sex tape that just came out was very much like on point. And this is the very first sex tape that was out there digitally for the World Wide Web. It was interesting. I only watched the first two episodes out of, I think, the six or eight episodes that are there. My issue is they did not get the permission of the two people involved. Oh, like, shit, you- really? Oh, girl, how do you feel about that? Like, honestly, why would they be okay with that being on front street when it was already on front street i didn't realize it was unauthorized mm -mm, girl it's unauthorized and on top of that the whole story was i never knew that it was a stolen tape 
That yeah, was the table stolen. They never there. used it themselves. I never thought about that because, like, girl, when this happened, it was 94, 95. We was, like, five, six years old. How the hell would we know? I think the rumor allegedly was that people were claiming that the robbery was staged as a way to give them plausible deniability over having the tape come out there so that it would be more authentic. If you actually watch it, because I watched the first two episodes and it's good. I started it last night. It's good. I don't think they had anything to do with it. And my whole thing is that this was a private video private matter obviously nowadays in 2022 you see people putting out sex tapes and shit because they want money and they want that clout they want i mean how many careers in the last 10 or 20 years that we know have been launched by a mistakenly quote unquote leaked sex tape or two absolutely who are now billionaires i might say so we know that it has a huge effect but what i will say is that it was stolen from them this is a private matter private tape of two people in love and the fact that it's now a show but what i will say is that the two actors they got to play oh my god sebastian and this woman to play pam wow looks just like them just Girl. like them. no 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 you did the damn thing to look like them because they look in their real life nothing like them. So the costume design and makeup and hair people really did their thing. Oh, absolutely. They gave the woman who plays Pam a fake breastplate, which actually looks really good because... Oh, that's fake? Yeah, if you look at, you know, drag queens who have to wear breastplates, mm-hmm. like it looks really good. You can see because you mean you have to see her nude for quite a bit. It looks really well put on. If you look at Sebastian, who plays Tommy Lee, I mean, his penis is on Front Street <laughs> all throughout the series. And it is a fake penis. But the penis gets front and center. Definitely from episode two, honey. Well, damn. I mean, he has a whole conversation with his penis because apparently Tommy Lee came out with a memoir and he, <laughs> he has a conversation with his penis. So, yes, his his fake penis like is that. on front streets. But we all knew from the sex tape that Tommy Lee is very much in doubt. He packing. He, he packing, packing. He packing, he pack, pack, pack. <laughs> but um, I'm just saying, like, it's, it's just seeing... You know, these different, I guess, documentaries, even though it's a series to show their life and how they fell in love in a matter of like two days and got married wild in Mexico. Like, it's insane. But I will say that it's a good watch. And in speaking about documentaries, Janet Jackson's documentary has dropped on Lifetime, which we're still trying to figure out how Lifetime was able to secure these rights. But the streets have been talking ever since it aired because some of the shit ain't making sense. Exactly. So it's a four part, one hour documentary. I actually have it all in my DVR. So I have to just sit down. Yes, four hours. And I can't just watch one and then watch two. I have to watch it all in one setting because this is Janet Jackson. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I need time to settle in it. But what the socials in the streets be saying is that Jermaine Dupree cheated. How? I don't understand how a Jermaine Dupree would have the audacity to fumble a Janet. What a man. Like, who the fuck are you to cheat on Janet? That, you know what this is giving? This is giving Portia and that short Ninja Turtle looking hot dog man energy. That's what this is giving. See, what I don't understand is that when a, we know to be a really amazing, great, talented woman. Beautiful. 
gets beautiful, all that, gets with a guy who it doesn't matter how talented, great you are too. So you don't realize what you have. And we see this time and time and time again. It doesn't matter how successful the woman or the man is. You should realize the quality of the person. And clearly Jermaine Dupree just didn't give a fuck. And it's like, sir, you are a troll under the bridge. How the F you pull this shit off? How did you, number one, get her? And how did you, number two, not care to keep her? I won't understand. But you know what? This just goes to show that nobody is above cheating or getting cheated on. Even the trolls. And now we're going to move on to, mm, I'm not calling him a troll, but you call him what you want. Lamar Odom. So as we mentioned earlier, he's in the Big Brother house. And we saw a clip from the Big Brother house. And he says he misses that old thing thing. Tell him what he said, Sully. I mean, he hasn't just been saying this on Big Brother. He's been saying this on social media, in interviews, on the blogs, while he waiting for the bus to get to work. Not waiting for the bus, because he Lamar owed him. He got money. But maybe to his driver taking him to work. He didn't waste any time on this first episode going into his feelings for Chloe. He said, I miss her so much. I wish I could take that time back. I mean, duh. So he was actually talking to Todrick Hall, I think it was, that was just like laying up in one of the rooms. And here he go talking about missing Chloe yet again. He has said this many times, but it's like, sir, again, you had a beautiful, smart, you know, bad thing. And I'm saying bad as in, you know, a good way. You had a hottie. You had a smarty. She had all her own stuff. And yet you didn't care. And you lost her. You cheated. Are you forgetting that you cheat on her multiple times and this is your wife? Like, you lost everything because of you. Khloe Kardashian is by far not my favorite person on the face of the earth, but the way that he did her, that was really grimy. And it wasn't just the cheating, it was he took her down his substance abuse path. She really tried to get him help, and he wasn't ready for that healing. And guess what? Like, a true woman who cares about her man, even if it's not your man no more, she showed up when he was basically on his deathbed after an OD she was there. They were exes. They were already divorced at the time and she was there for you. So it's like, sir, please stop speaking of her. She has a daughter. She has a whole nother bum ass man that she's still worried about. So leave her be. And speaking of leaving it be, another season of Below Deck has wrapped. No, it was very messy, but I'm really just kind of like, I'll wait to the reunion to speak on this because this season just didn't wrap up properly. It didn't make sense. And, you know, the whole Raina Heather situation, I need to see it addressed on the reunion because none of it makes sense, especially that hug when they left. Like, what? Yeah, I didn't get any of that shit at all. I'm like, girl, you just spent the last, what was it now? Three or four episodes going off about how, oh, I can't stand that bitch Heather. I can't believe she said that. She disrespected me. I can't stand white people who use the N-word. Okay, great. We are with you on that, girl. But you should have addressed that shit with her. Not when she asked you, say, oh, it's all good, it's all good, because clearly it's not all good. You should have taken that bitch to task when you had the opportunity instead of going back and forth and having it affect your job. And then when you finally let her know what it is that you were thinking and how you were feeling, you had this bitch on her knees fucking begging you for forgiveness. And you're like, no, I'm not going to forgive you. But then you hug her at the end. No, none of that makes sense. I can't wait for the reunion to see how she's going to talk herself out of this one. Same, same, same. But we're going to move on to Project Runway. In their finale, they had 
the first ever four female finale for a runway show. I am really shocked and happy. Love it. I was here for all the female empowerment. I love seeing, for the most part, the progression of the designers themselves. But some of those designs, I wasn't understanding. Yes, but I will say that the representation of brown and black people were front and center. And Mm -hmm. even people who just weren't Americans, you know? We had Christina, who was Russian. We had Chastity, black in Texas. And we had Corinne Chattel, who were Hispanics, Latinas, really put their culture out on their sleeves literally and I was very happy to see the collections that they brought for fashion week it was really awesome I wanted more from chastity but you know what girl you made it there even though Chantal won and I think she's an amazing designer I really thought that Coral should have taken it home I think she showed the most progression out of all of the designers. She really came to play that jacket that she had at the end with the snaps and then all of the patterns mm. with the florals. I was like, I need that in my life. I need that right now. Like I needed it. And even her macrame stuff that I wasn't necessarily here for during the season, the way that she implemented it in this collection, gorge. Absolutely. And Coral, how you have a 20-year-old son, and he look good too. I was like, hold up, what? Where you get this 20-year-old son? You look like you are 21, which is very much problematic. Chastity, that fiance of yours, he look a good girl. Point, point. Point, 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 point. And so just to see her with her two babies, and Chantal also had her son who's doing better and progressing as he grows. But I'm not mad that Chantal won. I just think uh, Cora was robbed. Mm-hmm. But I will say that Chantal is going to be amazing. But I thought it was kind of weird that she came up second in her season of Project Runway. And I think she's from Brazil. So- no, she's from Nicaragua. Okay, Nicaragua, wherever she did that project run when she came in second and then to come to America and win first, I was like, I don't know, like they should probably put some maybe restrictions on like who can compete. Like maybe they should just have a all stars season where the people who already competed come back for all stars, because I feel like this should just be a season for like new people who have never done Project Runway before, like regardless of what parts of the country you came from, I don't care. It's just like, if you've done a Project Runway before, then you should be an All-Stars. Does that make sense? From what I understand Project Runway to be, it's supposed to highlight incredible designers that haven't necessarily had the opportunity to get their stuff out on the front line. You know, like new designers. Yeah. Like this is supposed to be for new up and coming. She's had her line. She's had her shop. She got second on Project Runway Nicaragua. Like, like you, I agree that there should be an all-star season. So why don't we just take all of the second place winners from all of these different Project Runways across the global spectrum and create a new season out of that? Exactly. Like, I don't think it matters what country you're from. You're talented. Bring anyone who has never won. If they want to compete again, bring them back for an all-star season. Like, if they want to go to Nicaragua or they want to come to America, I don't care. Just bring them back. But you've already done it, so you shouldn't be on like a you know regular project runway season that's for newcomers but nonetheless Chantal was still amazing throughout the season even when she got kicked off and she used that Christian Siriano save I was like damn I'm glad he saved her because she's really great she just had a shitty week 
that week that she was at home. Yep. And that's how it comes down to it's sometimes that's the way the cookie crumbles. But I'm glad that hers was able to come back together. Absolutely. And just like that. Speaking of the Sex in the City reboot and just like that, you know what? I have a lot of happiness and a lot of gripes to bring up with the reboot of our very, very famous and favorite show. I will start with Carrie. Now, Carrie, we know that you lost big. It was a huge, huge, huge thing. And now it's so weird to talk about big because we know that the actor playing big is taboo to talk about because he has sexual allegations um reports against him so we, we can't necessarily talk about him but you can't keep bringing up the death of your husband in every conversation it's kind of like a oh i win the sad contest because my husband died you brought that up into every conversation bitch every Stop. single one every why? single one why my issue is that we all know this to be sex in the city and i think that there have been a lot of parts throughout the show where they could have given us more of that original sex in the city vibe without having to come compromise the storyline you know what i mean like why did i have to wait until episode 10 to see her kiss somebody that was not for me i also like the friendships that they set up with everyone where they basically made it so every one of the main white women has a new woman of color as her new friend like that come part. On, y'all doing too much i'm very glad for the progression but at the same time i'm like you're trying to fit a lot into the storyline because you know that sex in the city the original show was very white it was a show about four white women in new york city in the 90s slash early 2000s however now being in 2022 and when the show premiered in 2021 the reboot you now want to show what the world looks like but to give each person a different storyline of like you know you have a, a possibly trans daughter who wants to be um identified as a you know a certain way i get that and you also have one of the main friends who now might possibly be a lesbian and be gay and so you want to bring up all the different representation of sexuality out there and the different representation of brown and and black people but it's a lot and then you also want to talk about death and then somehow you want to show sex and you want to show divorce and i'm like a lot too much like i'm all here for representation but make it make sense like the storylines are just so haphazardly put together. Like the relationship with Miranda and her professor. That didn't make no type of sense because if you, me and Sally as a professor, okay, if you come into our class, I don't give a damn if you're younger or older than us, you come up in there, give some racist ass remark as to you not thinking that way the professor and somehow I'm going to be best friends with you and kicking with you and inviting you to events and hanging out with your friends and you hanging out with my husband. And telling you about what's going on in my uterus. No, exactly. But first of all, for that to happen, Sally, you and I would have to have a husband. But still, that's not the point. The fact of the matter is that none of that makes sense. How and why? And then, like, the whole relationship with Charlotte, like, the only relationship that actually made sense. Charlotte and Nicole, that made sense because your kids go to school together. So you do eventually become friends with, sometimes, the parents of the kids that are friends with your kids. Like, that's organic. That made sense. That had a flow. These other relationships, they're just like, it's almost like trying to put together a jigsaw puzzle where the pieces don't fit quite right. You're forcing it. It was way too forced. 
Exactly. And Carrie, it's like you wanted to buy an apartment from this realtor because your husband died and you want to move and he died in the home. So I get that. That makes sense. So now you become friends with the realtor. Okay, I get that too. But why do we need to follow her journey? I like that we saw her journey, but I felt like the story needed to be stronger there. And then we get to see that her dating history is, you know, she's been on many dating apps. She's in her 50s and she's never found love. No, first of all, that's quite sad. But second of all, I get that it's real for a lot of people. Why are we following her journey? And just because you guys became friends doesn't mean that she's going to invite you to her her family holiday celebration. Yeah, like I'm about to invite you to this very intimate moment with my family. I've only known you for, what, a month or two at this point. And then the other thing, they came up with these stories and they don't finish them. So yes. she moved into the apartment downtown right her old apartment yes she moves back so she moves back to her apartment but then she moved into the fancy apartment with like the windows and everything does she end up selling that after she bought it because we only see her in that apartment that one episode and then she's back to her old townhouse yes she ended up selling it because she didn't like it she it just didn't feel like her and she told her friend that and basically she said okay well we can find you a new one so i don't think she was actually ready to move again okay um yeah that's why she kind of just like left herself in storage so like they don't really continue that but yes i agree um it's also like miranda she was apparently going through huge midlife crisis and she's an alcoholic and suddenly she just decides okay i'm gonna stop drinking but it's like we need to see more of that and we get that a lot of people started drinking more during covid but you just kind of said like okay she stops drinking and then that's it like is she going to any meetings is she going to therapy does she have a counselor is she talking to somebody what are the stumbles in maintaining her sobriety does she have a conversation with her family about why she needs to be sober like it was very unfinished and then also charlotte like girl i love the original series so much you went through hell and back to try and have this child and you adopted Lily and then you had your rock you had Rose who's now Rose Rock Rose Rock Rock Rose you had her and now they are such spoiled shitty bratty children I will say that Lily is still a great child but that her finding out how to use a tampon episode was so annoying you know I get it that teenagers become annoying assholes right in their preteens and teen years I just felt like they were too rich, snotty, bullshit ass kids. Like at some point, Charlotte, you gonna beat that ass because that ass needs to be beat. You spent a lot of money on that bar mitzvah slash day mitzvah that you're calling. Like they're trying to force so many storylines into it, but it's a lot. I need you to like narrow it down. I know that they don't know about season two yet. But I know there has to be a season two. So I'm getting them to narrow it down and focus, focus, Just finish the storyline. Make it make sense. If you're going to do something, do it right. Because by having all of these stories and half-assing the journey for everyone, you're actually doing a much larger disservice than not having the storyline in there at all. Oh, yes, absolutely. And then I love that Nicole Ari Parker, her and her Black family was successful, but they're also very much into you know black art and black people i love that and Mm -hmm. then we have karen pittman who is miranda's professor and we see her storyline of trying to have a kid the struggles and ivf and her husband and they're much very much afrocentric pro-black all this and we love that for anyone especially in black history month but damn it was a lot because the way you and miranda met you would never be friends 
Never. But what's, what's more problematic is that I love Karen Pittman as an actor. I think she's great. I loved her in the morning show. I love her in and just like that. But what's our problem with her, Sally? So according to public records, Karen Pittman is supposed to be 35 years of age in real life. And she is also a LaGuardia alum, which means that she was at LaGuardia at the same time we were there. But baby girl, boo I'm not believing this is your real age, ma'am. What? Yes. So apparently she's three years older than us on record. And we were at at the very critically acclaimed and famous LaGuardia at the same time, which is fine. That's great. Love, success for everyone. But honey, that black is not supposed to be cracking, boo. What happened? What's going on? Yeah, I thought that she was like way older. And maybe this is just the characters that she is playing that's meant to have a much older look to them. But while I hate to be that person, I also need to be that person because I go, this is not what Melon is supposed to be giving exactly like i legit only googled her because i want to see like oh you know like does she have and well because of the whole storyline of her not having kids i want to say like oh, okay she married like does she have any kids prior whatever i just want to see her real life and then i didn't see any of that but i also saw her age and i was like huh what really obviously i mean you could have children up until you 50 especially if you are famous so that's not the problem but i was just very shocked at the age and you know that's that's where i'm gonna leave it and you know what? Don't forget to look for our housewife snippet. But that's all we have for you today. If you want to hit us up to say hey or let us know about any It Be Your Own People moments, send us an email at ibyoppodcast at gmail.com. Hey, y'all. Don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Podcast. And that's all we have for you today on It Be Your Own People. Stay woke. Stay alert and tune in next time.